Well, hello, everyone. My name is Michael, and welcome to the Christ Church Podcast. that you have joined us for this episode in our series on the Apostles' Creed. Thank you so much for being here. And I, um, I, I hope you don't mind, but I do want to dive right in today. We're going to, in this episode, we're going to spend some time on the statement, um, this statement that we've come to in the Apostles' Creed, this statement of belief that we proclaim together saying, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And with this statement, as with most of the statements probably in the Apostles' Creed, we have some questions. And by the way, having questions about uh, the statements that we claim to believe here in the Apostles' Creed, having questions about our faith, having questions about Scripture and things of that nature, I want to just go ahead and affirm those are all good. Keep asking questions. But the main question that comes with this statement that uh, we believe or I believe in the Holy Catholic Church is, um, is this— Wait, we aren't Catholic, right? Uh, why, why do we say that we're Catholic in the Apostles' Creed? Um, but, you know, we also have um, some other questions that come up. For example, notice that word church uh, here in, in this statement that, you know, I believe in the, the, the Holy Catholic Church. That word church, if you're looking at it in print, is capitalized, capital C. That's interesting. It's also singular, and it's not plural. We don't say that we believe in multiple churches. We believe in the church. So are we saying that we only believe in one church? And But there are a bunch of churches. So what do we mean when we say that we believe in the Holy Catholic singular church? Interestingly, I don't think I've ever been asked anything um, about that word holy being in there. I, I've never been asked, why do we say the church is holy? People seem, interestingly enough, people seem to be okay with saying that we're holy. Um, I don't know what that says about us. But I do think it would be important for us to explain what we mean by the word Catholic, because that is probably the main question that comes up with this statement. Well, I didn't think that we were Catholic especially for good Protestants anyway, like the United Methodists, Presbyterians, Baptists, and so forth. Um, let's talk about the word Catholic. <clears throat> when we say that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, we are not, hear me say that again, we are not saying that we are practicing Roman Catholics, that we are capital C Catholics. We're not saying we're a part of the Catholic tradition or or go to Catholic churches. That's that's not what we're saying when we say that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. We're not saying we're basically we're just not saying that we're Roman Catholics. It's it's not that kind of Catholic that we are proclaiming to believe in. Uh, if you if you look up the word Catholic in the dictionary, I mean you could just Google it. You will find a couple of different definitions, some of which I will quote for you here. Here's a few definitions pertaining to what we mean. Um, Catholic means including a wide variety of things, all embracing of or including all Christians, or simply, and this is definitely the most simple definition of the word Catholic, universal. And that's really what we mean when we say we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. By Catholic, we mean universal. We are proclaiming that there is only one church because there is only one Lord. 
Paul, the Apostle Paul, says rather boldly in his letter to the Ephesians, he says, it, he says this, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, if you're curious. And now here's maybe a hard thing to reconcile, but it is said that there are around 30,000 Christian denominations worldwide today. And I just want to be pretty transparent here. That hurts me to think about. <laughs> In one sense, anyway, that, that it, does, it does something within me that I don't like. That, because it means that over time, we have divided things up over like like preferences and some some probably good theological issues but a lot of moral issues and we've divided these things up over and over and over and over and over again about 30,000 times and i know that's just one negative way to look at it it's a blanket statement um, but here is why christians no matter the denomination professing the apostles creed is important because in light of that fact that there are 30,000 different Christian denominations worldwide across that spectrum of believers, in saying the Apostles' Creed, this is one way of saying, even though we may be separated by denominational lines and beliefs and doctrine and so forth, we are still ultimately one. We all still hold true to our belief that Jesus is the Son of God who came to save our world. Again, there's, there's only one church because there's only one Lord. So though we may have 30,000 denominations, we should still be unified in Jesus. There's one church because there's only one Lord. We are united in Jesus by the Spirit even if only in one great mysterious way, a way that we can't even possibly begin to imagine for ourselves. The Apostle Paul says again, noting the universal nature of the church in his letters to the Galatians, he says there in our scripture, Galatians 3, verses 26 through 28, he says, For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Sit with that for a second. In Jesus and in the waters of baptism, all divisions whatsoever become absolutely insignificant. In fact, they simply no longer matter. That's what Paul's driving home here. What defines who we are now is our new life in Jesus. We all become one as followers, or if you like this term better, apprentices of Jesus Christ. Because no one is rejected by Jesus. This message then is for everyone. Our gospel is also Catholic in that way. It's universal. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a Catholic gospel. It's a Catholic kind of good news. Paul, Paul proclaims in 
and we're quoting a lot of Paul today, but in Romans 8, this just came to mind. He says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It doesn't end there, though. That last statement in chapters 8 says, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That it's because of Jesus, now nothing can separate us. Not not what we've done, not who, who we've been in the past, not our social divisions that we've come up with, not our economic divisions that we've come up with. Doesn't matter where what neighborhood you're from or what part of the world you're from. Nothing whatsoever can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a universal message. It's for everyone. No one is rejected by Jesus in the end. And that is the good news. That is what makes us one. That is the message that all churches everywhere are meant to preach. This is the gospel of Jesus after all. And this message is another reason why we claim to believe in a Catholic church. Because this message is Catholic, because it's universal, because it's for everyone, we can say that, yes, I do believe in a holy Catholic church. <clears throat> now, let me take a turn here for a moment. There's one thing that has also been a universal reality for people everywhere. No matter who you are, what part of the city you live in, how much money you make, where you went to school, your gender, your race, what degrees you have hanging on the wall, all of those things. No matter who you are, all of us one day will die. That's a universal reality that we all face. Death. We will all die. We will all face death. And at the same time, while death is universal, it has also been the greatest barrier of human beings throughout all of time. Uh, Ben Myers, who I've quoted throughout this entire podcast series, points out that culture and language and class have all been great barriers in their own right. But none of them are as great as the barrier of death. Death divides the human family, all humans ever, into two classes, the living and the dead. Social divisions got nothing on death. Everyone is completely powerless against death, but, and this is one huge but, I might add, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus defeated death in his resurrection, and in his victory over death, he, as Myers puts it, restored communion between the living and the dead, between all of humanity. In Jesus, a new family has been formed that goes beyond space and beyond time. We know this family as the body of Christ. The body of Christ, this is the church, and it is to be the most inclusive community ever. Why? Because it is to include all believers, both living and not living. We are made up of people from all types of backgrounds, ethnic groups, socioeconomic statuses, genders, races, cultures, parts of the world, neighborhoods, schools. We want everybody to be a part of our community. We are a big, messy, incredible group, community, uh, ecclesia, ecclesia rather is the Greek term for this, which is also the same term we use for church. It just means community or gathering or assembly. We are one big, messy ecclesia drawn together by the love of Jesus. 
And we also affirm, as we do in the creed, that this is holy. It's holy in its own right. It is completely unique. It is uniquely other than this war-torn, socially and economically divided communities that we find today in our world. Myers again notes that, and I quote him here, God's plan of salvation all along has been to create one human society as the bearer of the divine image. The church is what God has been doing in the world from the, and I'll add this word, very beginning. This is what God's been up to all along, forming a new community, forming a new family, his men and women, his, his, um, his following of individuals that he's created in his own image to be in communion with, to be in relationship with forever. This is what God's been up to. This is salvation in its own right. And listen, anytime, anytime we divide from one another, anytime we put up a wall between us and other believers, we are straight up denying the good news we have in Jesus. We are denying our Catholicity. <laughs> we are denying our universal way of being. We are denying our unity our oneness. This is not the way of Jesus. This is not the way of the gospel. We are not meant to divide from one another. We are meant to come together, to commune with one another and with God, to be unified as believers and followers of Jesus. We are, in fact, called to step over dividing lines in the power of the Spirit and remain unified in love, in love for God, in love for one another's, in the way that we love ourselves. This is how we as the church bear the divine image of God to the world. This is how we model the way of Jesus to those around us. And you know, here's the issue. Here's where it really kind of hits the ground, I guess. If, if we are divided amongst ourselves as Christians, as the church, if we're a divided church, if we're constantly bickering with one another, just arguing over and over again, dividing up and saying, well, you can just sit over there and we'll sit over here and we just won't talk to one another. What kind of witness is that to the world around us? You know, non-believers look in at a situation and say that and ask themselves the question, why would I, win, why would I ever want to be a part of that group? They can't even keep it together themselves. Why would I want to be a part of a group that's always... Um, uh, at each other's throats, always dividing, always arguing, always um, not engaging in unity. But if we could be this holy Catholic church to, to go after Jesus, to model his way of life in the world and come together as the true body of Christ with love for God and love for one another, modeling that for the world around us, I would have a feeling it'd be hard. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we could fit into our buildings that we call our churches today. I think so many people would want to be a part of that. That's the way of Jesus. This is how we model the way of Jesus is relationship to one another. It's the way in which we love God and love one another. That's the way of Jesus. This is how we reveal as the Holy Catholic Church. This is how we reveal love in action. So um, I think there's much more that could be said. I think some questions could arise out of this. And, and let me just go ahead and say, as we've done sometimes on the podcast here and there, 
this would be a good time to say this. Um, if you do have questions, if, if some of the things uh, that I've said in this episode might, or, or in any of the episodes previous, has caused you to have some questions, please email us at info, I-N-F-O, at ChristChurchBham.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to try to answer those questions. Um, but thank you again for joining us. Grace and peace.